Hello, and welcome back to Climbing the Castle, your definitive Disney ranking podcast. I'm Dominic. And I'm Charlie. And today we're going to be discussing Pocahontas. As usual, uh, we are going to be discussing this movie in detail. So if you want to watch this movie without a spoiler for you, this is your last chance to do so, like normal. Again, this is another movie that you probably should have seen already, so... Yeah, one last chance. We'll be here. Go check it out. This is the Disney animated tale of the romance between a young Native American woman named Pocahontas and Captain John Smith, who journey to the New World with other settlers to begin fresh lives. Her powerful father, Chief Powhatan, disapproves of their relationship and wants her to marry a Native warrior. Meanwhile, Smith's fellow Englishmen hope to rob the Native Americans of their gold. And, um, yeah... This movie, after coming from The Lion King to this movie, to me was just a little underwhelming. Uh, I wouldn't call it underwhelming. It's, it is very strange. And then, like, this is a really, to me, it is a very enjoyable movie. I still, like, liked it. Oh, yeah, don't get me wrong. I, I like the movie. And it's very strange in the fact that, like, it seems like, not much is going on with the story and not much is going on with the characters and not much is going on with the visuals yet at the same time it still manages to like keep you entertained the entire time mm-hmm. like it is strange. like I do have most of my scores pretty high and we'll, like we'll get into that when we actually get into our story our scores but like for high like such high scoring scores on the stuff you would think there would be more stuff happening with it, but they do such a great job of making everything work. I feel. Yeah. Where there might not necessarily be a lot happening, but what they do have happening really hits the mark. Yeah. So as he said, there's wasn't a lot happening. So honestly, there's not going to be a lot to talk about tonight. We'll see. Well, well, I mean, there'll be plenty to talk about, but it's not going to be like a whole lot where we probably won't go on some huge tangent tonight, hopefully. Well, we always <laughs> say that, and that's when it always happens. So. <laughs> but uh, anyways, uh, I think we're ready for fun facts. Let's get into them. All right, starting off our fun facts for this episode. 55 animators were involved in designing the single character of Pocahontas. 55. Wait, just the character of Pocahontas? Just one character. That's a lot (laughs) of people. (laughs) That's a lot of people for one character. Which, I mean, she looked good. Yeah. But, like, I wonder how all that worked, like, how they kept everything organized with that many people working on one character. Yeah, it does seem like it would be a bit of a a hassle and a lot of like people stepping on each other's toes but mm-hmm. uh, they figured it out because they made they made it work for the movie at least irene bedard who voiced pocahontas also served as the physical model for the character uh, the animation was somewhat influenced by her physicalities and this was also done for several of the other characters in the movie so they they just used the, the voice actors as models for the majority of the characters that's what it seems like, yeah. And then if you look at some of them, it's like, okay, I can see it. Like, I can see uh, Thomas eventually becoming Batman. 
<laughs> Can you really? <laughs> um, the film was released on the 400th anniversary of Pocahontas's birth year. Uh, you know, they didn't know the exact day or date of her birth. They figured that uh, they believed that she was born in 1585 and the film was released in 1995. So they just took a guesstimate of when they think she was born and released it on the anniversary of... Well, it is believed that she was born then. So it wasn't Disney just guessing. <laughs> it wasn't just the Disney company guessing. Like It is still pretty interesting that they chose to, yeah. to use that date. Oh. John Candy originally voiced the character of Redfeather, a turkey initially meant to be Pocahontas' sidekick. Eventually, all characters were made mute and Candy passed away during production, so Redfeather was cut all together. That's kind of sad. I think a turkey would have been fun at the end. Yeah, that could have brought the whole Thanksgiving scene on. Charlie. <laughs> no, no, I'm being serious. Like, they could have had a Thanksgiving scene <laughs> if they get the turkey in. But it wouldn't be, you know... Red Feather, the sidekick could be eaten. Just be some other random turkey, and then Red Feather would see it go. Like, it would start freaking out. <laughs> or make for a very sad death in a movie that we need. <laughs> Pocahontas is one of two Disney films that actually tells a true story. Though Disney plots tend to be based on other stories or folklore from history. It is only Pocahontas and Mulan that tells a real-life story. You're telling me that there wasn't a beast that lived in a castle in France? No, and there were not dogs singing in the street of New York. Uh, I'm pretty sure I've seen that happen the other day. Oh, okay. (laughs) And then uh, Percy the Pug is historically accurate as well. Uh, the research director, Mike Gabriel, discovered that British royalty used to carry small dogs with them during the early 17th century. So they just go around carrying a dog with them wherever they want? Yeah, I mean, that just sounds like any white girl you see <laughs> on the West Coast. <laughs> they'll have their bags, they'll have their chihuahuas, they'll be happy. Um, of course, we have to bring this up. Both Patrick Stewart and Stephen Fry were lined up to play Governor Radcliffe at different stages, but he was eventually voiced by David Ogden Steers. Patrick Stewart again? Yeah, again. What is he too busy doing Star Trek? Uh, I didn't say, so I'm guessing so. Still working on that measly Star Trek show. It's never going to get him anywhere. I don't know why he doesn't just Disney yet. And then watch, he's going to eventually end up with Disney, but in a company they buy called Marvel, probably. <laughs> we'll go with this one. The world premiere was staged at Central Park, New York on June 10, 1995. And then uh, if it was rained out or uh, they had no backup plan. So they just scheduled a big, giant, massive world premiere for a movie. And then if it <laughs> rains, they were just screwed. They were screwed. But... It did rain, but only very briefly, and happened to be while corresponding to the rain scene in the movie. <laughs> that, that's pretty hilarious. Is that like 
technically count as like the first like 4D movie. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, you know what? Yeah, it is. <laughs> and then last one, a kind of small one. Uh, Pocahontas is one of only two Disney princesses to be born in America. The other being Tiana from The Princess and the Frog. It's crazy that there is only two princesses. Yeah, I know. America, when you think of like the amount of movies that they've had. That's how boring America is. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> not many stories to tell about. There's also now, not a Southern much... Belle princess, maybe. There's also not very much royalty in America. So, like, yeah. Because like... I'm sure if they made a movie about a, the president's daughter, <laughs> we wouldn't call her a princess. She'd just be the pres- president's daughter. Yeah. But, I mean, technically, Tiana is not a princess. Not Tiana. Uh, Pocahontas in the, well, in, the, in the traditional sense of a yeah. princess yeah no as well but like but everyone she like, is going to be in charge of like the the tribe someday so it's the same way as like Moana is considered a princess yeah the chief's daughter mm-hmm. and that's it for fun facts all right uh we uh, let's just keep it moving then we don't have any conspiracies for this movie, so let's just jump into our scores. What do you have for your story score? For my story score, I have an 84. I have an 87. Okay, but not much happened. I mean, yes, not much happened, but they also still managed to tell a really compelling story as oh, well yeah. at the same time. Which- but, uh, I felt like the beginning almost felt like one of the older Disney movies, like around Cinderella or Sleeping Beauty. And what started with like that like one? opening storybook looking scene and then had a song playing. Uh kind of, yes. But it didn't have like the the telling of the tale exactly. Well yeah, no. That's because this was based off real life, not a storybook. <laughs> I mean, they they opened up with the other song about what was happening with the English people. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't remember the name of that song, but it maybe. just felt like old old Disney to me. I, which I, I'm I, not complaining about <laughs> at all. No, I can understand that. A lot of the art style had a similar feel to that as well, though. Mm-hmm. So again, that's more stuff for. Atmos- not atmosphere for visuals, visuals but I, I think they told they did a great job of telling the story here like it's a very deep and in-depth story mm-hmm. and there's like it's very important of the story that they told it's just that it was basically back and forth of the same things happening it was Pocahontas would meet up with John Smith then to go back to her people John Smith would meet up with Pocahontas and he'd go back to his people. And it was just a back and forth constant thing. But they still got the point of cross of what they, the, the story that they were trying to tell. Mm-hmm. Especially with the story of Pocahontas is her trying to figure out if she should follow her own path in life or should she stick to the, the path that was being passed on to her from her father. And they did a really good job of of telling this story, especially through the songs and like the stuff that was happening. Mm-hmm. 
Like, like throughout the-, the movie, we hear about this dream that she has about a spinning arrow. And she's trying to find, you know, her own path kind of thing. Well, we find out later that the spinning arrow is referring to the compass. Mm-hmm. And she actually uses that to take her to, you know, she uses that. Uh, I'm trying to think of words right now. <laughs> the, the compass to take her to John Smith. So like John Smith as they're trying to kill him. Yeah. Showing that, you know, I choose the path of my love for this man instead of the guy you want me to marry yeah who's dead anyways i mean yes he was dead at that point but that was only because pocahontas as well though yeah it was it was also very unfortunate timing of him stumbling upon that kiss because they were both about to try and set some kind of treaty up between them Right after that point, but Kokoam came and got mad at that kiss and attacked John Smith, and that's when he got shot and just kind of destroyed the entire plan that they were about to try and rectify things with. Mm-hmm. But I really enjoyed the way that they set this story up as well, because they did a lot of great things with, like I said earlier, the songs setting up what was happening in the movie as well they had the just around the riverbed tying into uh pocahontas and and choosing her path in life and they had that spot at the end of the song where she coming at the fork in the river and it was a really good almost metaphor type thing to the the two paths in life Mm, is like one's the easy the obvious route to go or this wild more flowing river yes that she wanted to take instead which is what she did take on the in the end of that song you see her Mm -hmm. going down that path instead because she chose to that's what the way she wanted to choose they also did a great job i guess i don't know if this consider like this would fit into story or character here but they did a much better job with the portrayal of the indians here as well as Showing, showcasing them for like the, how the tribe acts and mm-hmm. how they are as people. Like you can really see the, especially in that beginning area, the just the happiness and like the the sense of togetherness they felt as they're speaking and as they're they're interacting with each other, and it was such a different portrayal that like from the last time we saw it in Peter Pan. Mm-hmm. Which they actually had like Native Americans come and like not only do the voice acting for some of the Native American characters, but also like they t- they sat down and talked to a real shaman so they can get everything accurate. And there were still people like Native American activists attacking Disney, trying to get them to not show the movie for historical inaccuracies. And I'm sure there was still inaccuracies in this movie as well. Like, I'm not doubting that. But there was also a lot of Native American people who who praised the way that this was done as well. Mm-hmm. And said that this was one of the, like, the best portrayals that they've seen like from them. Uh, yeah, it's definitely a, a major improvement on their part. And it it really goes to show they they really tried... To, to make this one work instead of just 
not making it an educational point about it. Uh So they did keep the story entertaining, but at the same time, there just wasn't much to it. Uh, There was also some some interesting things that happened as well. Oh, yeah. As well, though. Like, it wasn't completely boring, I would say. I mean, we also had a lot of set up between the the two sides of them fighting as well. Mm-hmm. What and it was very interesting to see like the differences between the natives and particularly Governor Radcliffe because he was the one that was really leading that side and it you can tell pretty much early on none of the people really felt the same ideals as him. Yeah, like I'm sure they didn't all want to fight until John Smith was captured. Yeah, and even then they were just trying to get John Smith back, and that's where they proved like they immediately like were hesitant on like they were waiting to see the whole situation play out with Pocahontas as well, and they gave that chance to Radcliffe was the one that was already telling them to fire their guns at him, and they refused to listen. And that's when, like, he shot Don Smith himself, and then they all turned against him because they were already seeing that they didn't have to fight at that point. Mm-hmm. They were Pocahontas was willing to give herself up for John Smith. Uh, another part of the story is there was only one death scene. Yeah, there was like, and it wasn't like I don't know. To me, it wasn't super impactful. I mean, it was very impactful in the story. In the story, in the sense yes. Of the story that to my feelings, told. nah, he was kind of a conceited asshole, and he's not a real. Well, they didn't do a great job of of showcasing Kokolam, and we can yeah, get no. get into that when we get into characters. Which is kind of my but... point. Like, apparently, Kokolam was supposed to be this like major character, but we didn't really see much of him. No, they really only showed him a very short amount of time in the movie, so it, you aren't able to get that full sense of impact that you were supposed to get from his death as well yeah and that or i was, think radcliffe should have been killed in some way i mean this was also one of the he was very one of the one of the very few villains that we don't actually see die in, in like in a disney movie mm-hmm. which i mean i kind of think it worked in this situation as well though, because there wasn't like the only way that he would have died in this situation where it would have made sense is if they would have continued the war Mm-hmm. And they would have shot back at him, and that doesn't prove the point that they were trying to make. Yeah, that's true. So the sense of him being just captured and being sent back in chains was a much better situation for this, I feel. Well, then they should have kept the turkey idea so that they could have a Thanksgiving scene. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think that was as necessary in that sense. <laughs> But yeah, a couple small things that I want to point out that are just me making jokes again, like usual. I always have to pick apart stupid things. Uh, how did Pocahontas survive that dive into the water in the beginning of the movie? Because she's Poca freaking hauntus. Like that was hundreds of feet, that cliff that she jumped off of. She's one with nature. And, I mean, she is one with nature. And nature is one with her, but exactly. I mean, that was an impressive dive. Oh, yeah. 
for how high up that cliff was and she just landed straight in the water no issues i feel like that would just kill a normal person the impact of that splash Mm -hmm. another point that confused me it didn't i don't know if it was just explained poorly or i was just picking up wrong did did pocahontas magically learn to speak english to to john smith there on that during that scene um i'm not sure because you know they'd switch from their language to english she was speaking like the native languages at first when he first introduced himself to him yeah so i couldn't and tell I'm, if like maybe that she was magically translated or i'm what actually probably happened was they also know english well they held hands and then like you can hear like that musical theme that they was playing with grandmother willow and then you hear grandma was grandmother willow's voice that says listen with your heart and then you'll understand and then they had the leaves flying all around with like all these weird symbols at that scene so they kind of made it seem like there was some kind of magical translation that happened there maybe which was kind of strange which wouldn't make sense though how everyone could understand how all the english settlers could understand the chief when he gives up on fighting uh yeah i mean that didn't it didn't care wouldn't have carried over there but i mean it also he made it apparent that he stopped fighting and it's not like so even if like they didn't understand what he was saying they could still see that what he was doing was backing off of the fight and not like because they had all like all the the natives had dropped their weapons and he did not continue pursuing john smith at that point still i i'm just gonna go with maybe they just knew english also it's also a point that's not thought of on like we don't we've never mentioned it and we've never like brought it up at all but none of the movies that we're watching are actually in english except for this one like everything else it all happens like beauty and the beast would all be spoken in french and the little mermaid would have been in like dutch or german and like every other movie that this was the first movie that would actually be actually spoken in in English. Mm-hmm. But there's still also that the like the native language that they're speaking with like meshes with the English as well. So it would be I don't know if there's been like other characters from different countries speaking to each other in different movies where they would have that language barrier up until this point. Mm-hmm. but it was also it was just an interesting note that like I was confused about here I also it's funny because I was about to make a note about Pocahontas and John Smith like trying to set up a truce and then like as I was writing that note I immediately got an answer as to why it didn't happen when like she was talking to her, her father and John Smith talked to Governor Radcliffe and they both made the point of they're not willing to speak with the other side at this point anymore. Mm-hmm. And then you had that comparison with Miko and Percy that <laughs> they made. Uh, so it was like when two sides want to fight, there's no stopping them. Yeah. And I thought that was a great 
But then in the end, you know, they became friends. They did become friends in the end, yes. And then I guess Percy decided to stay. Uh, yeah, they didn't. I don't know. They didn't showcase that as to whether he stuck with them or if he went back on the boat. Like, that didn't make sense to me, but... It's also one of the few times where, like, a couple from a Disney movie doesn't stay together as yeah. well. Um, it's like, it wasn't a happy ending. It wasn't necessarily a sad ending either. Yeah. They just kind of ended the movie with it. <laughs> like, I was kind of hoping that, like, Pocahontas would go chasing after the chef and, like, get on it. But at the same time, it, like, it makes sense. Like, as the ship, like, leaves, you see her from behind, just like in the actual movie. I will say this was the first time I'm, like, kind of excited to see where the sequel goes with this. Because I do want to see Pocahontas and John Smith reunited as well, though. So, yeah. Do uh, you have anything else that you would like to discuss on this story? Oh, that's all. Okay, then let's get into characters. I have an 84 for my characters. I have an 82. Two-point difference. <laughs> Again, it, it's kind of the same case of story here. There's a lot of great characters, but nothing that stands out completely. Like, yeah. As much as I love the characters, some of them just felt bland yeah i think it's a good way to 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 put it i mean they do get a do a great job of making the characters as who they're supposed to be and like incorporating it in, with the story like book and john smith are not bad bad characters they they are exactly the characters that they need to be for for this movie and for the story that's being told but they don't just they just don't give them that extra flavor. Yeah. Almost. And it's the same thing with like the companions as well. This was the first time where like what like Miko, Flit, and even Percy, they're like they're there and they play the comic relief part pretty well. But like in terms of character, they don't really add too much to what is going on. Well, I honestly think they were some of my favorite characters. <laughs> I mean, I thought they were fun, but I, I personally just felt that they didn't really add too much to, like, as compared to what we've seen in previous movies with this kind of character that they're playing. Yeah. Um, And then John Smith as a character, I don't know, I felt like he could have been a little more exciting. But what what could you do to to make him more exciting though? Like, you know, he's exploring the new world. That's what yeah. he's excited about. But I don't see much excitement as he's exploring this new world. I mean, they showcase that when he's singing. Yeah, at the but... end of that song, when Radcliffe is destroying the entire well, land and digging well, yeah. everything up. Yeah, but. I don't know. It just felt like he wasn't as excited. He was just singing and going on a hike. Uh, I don't know. I Again, it's it's kind of hard to say what exactly you can do to, to add more to these characters with, without making it over the top as well, though. Because this is another spot where like 
they do need to keep this serious as well. And there's only so much that you can do with these characters before you start taking away from the story that they're trying to tell as well. Well, yeah, no, I'm not saying like completely change the characters, but add a little bit more personality because it felt like John Smith had the same personality throughout the entire movie. To me, at least. Uh, he did, but again, I I feel like it it fit with what they were trying because he when he went into this, he also like did not seem too enthused about what they were trying to do as well though. Like he was there, he was there along for like because it was part of his duty, but like he didn't seem like he wanted to go and take over the their land and take like kill the indians and oh yeah but that's just because he found a pretty woman from the tribe but i mean i'm saying even before he found pocahontas he was just kind of like all right if i have to do this stuff i will do it but and then once he found pocahontas it gave him even more reason of not to want to do that stuff but he had apparently taken care of plenty of quote-unquote savages yeah, and they don't reference what they're what they're talking about there as well. Mm-hmm. What was like it kind of hard to to dig into that because we don't know what their previous history was and what they did in the past. Mm-hmm. But still, I I still think the animals were the best part. Uh, I I wouldn't go to, go I there. Lo- I love how <laughs> much of a Glenn Mika was. I mean, I can relate to Miko as well. But... And then Flit was, like, sassy. He was a bit too sassy <laughs> in certain points. He and wanted then nothing to Percy. do with John Smith. And then Percy started off as this pampered little spoiled pup. <laughs> and then suddenly, you know, there was, like, this big argument or whatever. I don't... But, yeah. That scene where we see Percy sat under a tree. That was after the fight. Yeah, after the fight. That's right, that's right. <laughs> but uh, Percy was scared and, like, sad. And, like, Miko and Flit, like, go down there and comfort him. Then suddenly, Percy's, like, seeming like a good boy. Yeah, there was definitely some character there. I, I feel like that was like the most character growth we see in the entire movie. Uh, mm, I mean, you can say that pa- Powhatan uh, had grown once he learned, like, yeah, how much at the Pocahontas end of the movie, cares. He was yeah, ready to kill. Yeah, he was ready to kill to kill John Smith, and then he changed his attitude. Yeah, because he can see how much Pocahontas cared about John Smith and how her attitude changed, and that like that can that's constituted his character growth. I guess, yeah. And the fact that even the who is it the other people that are were fighting with the English, the English settlers, the they Virginia all, Company, yes, they were all willing to to stop the fight and become friends, yeah. and even. Like you see at the end of the movie, they're bringing out crops and baskets full of stuff to bring with to let them bring back to them 
on their journey back. So they're willing to help the, the people that they were just fighting. So mm-hmm. that w- that's a major growth there. I, I guess. I mean, we also do need to discuss Governor Radcliffe as being one of the most rotten villains that we've seen as well. Uh, yeah, like he was thriving over greed. And I don't know, lately the Disney villains have been seeming like they represent like different uh, of the deadly sins. Uh, I mean, I don't know. Like I'm not one, th- Radcliffe's greed. Uh, Scar, I would think of as either pride or envy. I mean, it would definitely be envy if you're going to. Yeah, envy. Scar, but like. Ursula has a lot of pride, though. Yeah. But, but there's also envy there as well. Yeah. So. And then, you know, our next Disney villain in Hunchback and Notre Dame, just, just to go ahead and jump there just for a little bit, he's going off lust. Mm. Don't, don't even know. <laughs> he is one against Esmeralda. Mm, I would say it's more of as him wanting power, but and he wants to be in control of everything as well. I guess, yeah, but that's all Disney villains. So you could say power for all of them. <laughs> or wrath for all of them. <laughs> I mean, Governor Radcliffe was just there was so many it's funny because like I was gonna say there's so many dimensions to him, but there's not. It's just one dimension to him. Yeah, uh, but they do such a great job of showcasing that, especially like within the songs that he's singing as well. Like he has this song, like the Savages song, where he's just singing about how much he wants to destroy the the Indian people, and he has that other song. I don't know the name of that one, and he's just. Uh, it's called Mine, Mine, Mine. Of course, it's exactly <laughs> proving my point <laughs> that he was just destroying the entire land there and just trying to, to take all the gold there, which is him singing and tearing and dancing while they're showcasing the entire forest being chopped down and dug up and everything for his need for gold. Again, he was greedy. Yeah, he was definitely greedy. <laughs> And then my actual like favorite character. I love the animals and all that, but my actual favorite character is Grandmother Willow. I, I agree with that point. I did love Grandmother Willow. I love how well. sassy she is, even <laughs> though Weeping Willows are not supposed to be in this movie because they don't come until centuries after settlers I mean, come in. If you're going to complain about the type of tree there, you can also complain about the tree talking, or you can complain about. Well, no, because <laughs> that's an actual thing. Like Native Americans go through where like nature speaks to you, so they'll like hear the trees talk to them or the wind and all that. But so that's where I got that from. I mean, yes, that that is definitely a thing. I'm just saying, like you're going to complain about the historical inaccuracy of a tree being there when there were so many other historical inaccuracies in this movie that other well I mean they had to keep it good suitable for children so they couldn't just make Pocahontas topless 
well, that's not one of the historical inaccuracies that I'm talking about as well. But <laughs> just listen. Stop reading all the, all the fun facts and getting ideas over all the <laughs> on how to change the movie. Uh, no, grandmother, grandmother will see. Look, here we go, getting on our rants. We said we weren't going to get on our. Oh, no, I was just talking about. I was just talking about that, and then you started the rant. Well, you know. Grandmother will. <laughs> I did love the sass that she had also, and especially like when she was shushing all the other animals, and she gives that that stare to <laughs> the frog, the like steely eyed like he jumps glare. into the water and hides. <laughs> but she was full of wisdom, and she she had a lot of great ideas, and she really helped Pocahontas as to seeing her pet as well. Which her father also did the same as well. Her father was also very wise, and like he was, it's it was almost like the. This is a very bad, like metaphor for it because it's not like how it's supposed to be. But you know how like they have like the devil on one shoulder and the angel on another. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like that same thing. Well, she had her father, on uh, like giving her the path of following in his footsteps and following in the tribe's footsteps. And then you had the grandmother Willow on the other shoulder, giving her the, her own path and teaching her to, to focus on what she wants to do. To choose her own adventure. Yes. <laughs> but again, it's not, I'm not trying to compare either or to the devil or an angel. I'm just saying that's kind of yeah the, the situation that it is where, one leads you on one path and the other leads you on the other. But both were filled with great wise advice and great information for the pet that they were destined to. And in the end, Pocahontas knows that she's also destined down her father's pet as well because she winds up staying instead of going with John Smith. So it really mm-hmm. shows that he was able to get that kind of wisdom to her as well. Yeah. Um, and then Batman, I mean, uh, Thomas <laughs> played by Christian Bale. That's why I keep making the Batman jokes. Yeah. Uh, they didn't really do too much with Thomas. I feel Thomas like they could have, uh, I might as well just also throw in Coco because those were two characters who seemed like they should have been bigger, but yeah. there wasn't much to them in this story. They, they were both playing the same character technically just on opposite sides mm-hmm. uh Cocoam being like the the right hand man on the half of pocahontas or was supposed to be uh, but they didn't use utilize him in that way like they just it feels like they kind of forgot about him i think they just kind of used him as a reason to capture john smith and for them to try to go to battle they really should have used him in a sense of having Pocahontas confide in him and tell him that John Smith is willing to work with them and like having him trying reason with Pocahontas about why mm-hmm. she shouldn't be working with him. And so and, she confines it with, you know, her best friend, which makes sense, but but it was just misuse like or underuse of Cocoon in that situation. Mm-hmm. And it would be the same the same sense in Thomas. 
Like, like I feel like you, Thomas would have been a great character for John Smith to like go to like, hey, the Native Americans aren't as bad as you think they are. Exactly. And that's where they could have had that growth and understanding between both of those characters. And that's where they could have like they could have built a relationship between Pocahontas and Cocoam so that when he actually does get killed, it's a bit more meaningful mm-hmm. when it does happen instead of Which, she still seems upset that when it happens and then Yeah, she's just, definitely upset about it. And like just moments after it's like she doesn't seem all that upset about it anymore. I mean, I don't know. She's still pretty upset about it, I feel. And they, like, the the tribe is definitely upset about it. Yeah, the tribe's upset about it, but... But they don't give us a reason, like, that, yeah. that personal attachment to him, like, that they have. Yeah. And then, I mean, there was also Ben and Juan, who were the other two guys that were sent in after John, uh, John Smith to, to rescue him and they did their part but like again they were just kind of neglected it was funny seeing Grandma Willa like raise her roots to mess with them and <laughs> when she tripped them both mm-hmm. yes but again they they had they each had a, like a slight amount of personality to them but they just didn't utilize them in terms of the story. Mm-hmm. Other than that, I mean, there wasn't too many characters. I mean, we we never really did discuss Pocahontas formally. Yeah. I mean, based off a real person in history. I mean, also just like the character of Pocahontas in this movie, we never really well, yeah. went in depth. Like I... we, we covered in in terms of story but not in terms of her character because when we first started this setting we this this score we just kind of went off about how none of the characters really did anything special but yeah, I, she I do honestly was no exception she was just the character we followed i don't know i think they did a great job of like i said before they showcased her her role in the story and like her having the struggle between the path of taking her father's pathway or her own pathway and again it is a relatable situation like not necessarily that specific situation but it is something that is relatable to a lot of people in terms of like should should they follow the path that they're destined to take or they go in their own paths so in that sense it's it helps build the character and make it like a better character because it's relatable again like you said they could have thrown in a little bit more personality with it but i don't know it's 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 tough in this movie because like i said everything serves its purpose and like does what it needs to do but it just did like not even the bare minimum because they did more than the bare minimum but they it's like it's almost like a, I don't know. I was see. I was gonna like compare it to like a photo being in black and white, where like you have everything there, and it's just like if it's colored in, it would have been a completely different picture. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if that's necessarily the greatest. That's, no, that I would say that's about right for a lot of the characters, honestly. Yeah, 
But uh, with that, I think that's our last character that we really need to talk about. Yeah. Let's let's move on to visuals. For visuals, I have an 85. I have an 82 for my visuals here. I don't think the visuals were, you know, all that bad. There was some things that were bad about it. I mean, oh, yeah, but not not necessarily bad. There were some really pretty scenes but too. Though. There, yes, there was a lot of great looking stuff in this movie, and that's what, what why I was able to keep it still at like a higher like eighty two is still a good score. It's yeah, not like it's a bad score. It's not like you gave it a like Dumbo score. No, uh, I just feel I don't the the character design was really like one of the biggest flaws. I feel. Like it was just a very basic like design and detailing in the characters that felt again, they kind of tried to base them off the voice actors. So I mean, I don't know. Maybe that was a bad call itself, and they just came up with their own first. They were all just regular people. Like there was nothing that I mean, and again, this is a, a movie where it's based off actual people, but like at the same, it just felt like they didn't really put too much thought into the character. Just like they just, yeah. I feel like Radcliffe was the most well designed character. Yes, uh, I would agree in that situation. And, and then, as you were saying about the animals, those were basic designs. One was they were literally just a raccoon, a hummingbird, and a pug. Yeah, they, I mean, they were cute. Let's. We, but like look at a picture of them now and you know and not watch this movie for a little while it's like oh yeah that's just some raccoon and that's you probably won't even think oh it's the it's uh my mind with miko from pocahontas yeah. and that's what it just felt like they did with the most of the people as well they didn't mm. really put any personality into their kokuum was the most boring out of the humans visually to me yeah, I, I can agree with that. But, I mean, they also... There were a lot of issues with Governor Radcliffe with him. And, like, there was some weird spots where they, like, he, he just seemed really badly drawn. And, like, there were certain angles where his face just kind of looked like a weird, like, top type, like, top shape yeah, thing. Some, like, he definitely seemed very top-heavy just in the upper torso area to begin with well i'm saying that like yes he was top heavy he was very weirdly portioned i'm saying that that, like his head itself was shaped like a top like a spinning top (laughs) in certain situations of the movie like in weird angles yeah yeah you know i can see it yeah and it it, some of it just looked kind of weird so again this was one of the movies where they focused on the landscapes more than they did with the people and it may really make sense in this movie though when like the focus of the movie is the land itself and like them coming to like obviously how much the land is important to the the native people and how it means nothing to to the settlers but they did what I was just going to say, yeah, they were more worried about the gold that was supposed to be under the ground. They were ready to destroy all of that. Exactly. 
So it, it definitely makes sense as to why they would focus on the landscape, the landscaping visuals here. And they did a great job with that. I, I loved like the, the floating leaves that were constantly mm-hmm. like moving throughout the movie. Like that throughout was, the wind and all that. Yeah. That was a really fun thing. And it was something that was constant between the songs and then if there was something going on with Pocahontas, it would the leaves would come in, and it was just a fun constant thing. Some of the shots of the forest and trees kind of looked like these paintings at some every once in a while. That yeah. I feel like they really did a good job with that. Yeah, and then all of the the visuals during all of the songs were incredibly done. They were they were very well done, um, yeah. especially with uh, colors of the wind. Yeah. There was a lot of great things in that, like the just the the shadow outlines of the characters being moved through the wind as they were, like as if they were the wind itself. Uh-huh. And and just around the river bend, there was a lot of great visuals with the water and the reflections and the animals as well. One of my favorite visuals in the movie was during the 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 savages song. They like imposed Governor Radcliffe's face in the in the sky, mm-hmm. and then they did it with Pocahontas as well. They sh- they showed her face singing, and then like her running along at the bottom of the screen as well. And it was a really cool way that they like imposed the visuals of the characters. I can agree with that because that was a really cool uh, thing <laughs> to see, as well as you know with those smoke clouds when you see the warriors on either side like yeah gathering up in those clouds and going after each other showing that a war is about to start yeah the smoke shots were also really cool they did another cool scene with the smokes as well the smoke visuals when the they were talking about the the people coming arriving for the first time mm-hmm. and they were showing off the, like the the smoke visuals of like them with the guns and them arriving and stuff like that that was also really cool oh yeah it, it's I don't know. It's it wasn't the greatest visual, but I I enjoyed the way it was done. What was grandmother Willow? Mm-hmm. Just her transitioning from just a regular tree to grandmother Willow. Grandmother Willow. I feel like that was interesting. That was definitely like a nice smooth transition. Not again. You said not yeah, the greatest. It wasn't but the greatest still- visual. But it, it was still it was still nice. aesthetically pleasing for some reason, mm-hmm. and I really enjoyed the way that they animated her as well. But yeah, for me, I just feel like they could have done a bit better work on the characters themselves. And then there was also like some weird spots where the background visuals went very low, very low quality. Like if they were zoomed in on a person. It was just yeah. like the most basic of a background design. Which, that was another yeah. thing that would make me think of it being like an older Disney movie. Yeah. It's one like it, it was weird because like the way some of the scenes were, they would have like a really detailed scene on the sides or like something else in the scene was really detailed. Mm-hmm. And then they would just stick like the most generic version of trees that they could bind the characters itself. And then sometimes when they had like a, a close-up shot of the character in those that area, it was like just splotches of green behind them and it looked yeah. really bad in some spots. 
which brings up like one of the fun facts from last week when we talked about the Lion King. Yes. How the animators were split up into teams of like team A, team B, the better animators were supposed to do this movie. And yes. the Lion King just felt better visually to me. Again, they thought that this movie would be a, a bigger hit than the Lion King as well. And that didn't necessarily happen. Again, this is not a bad movie. Yeah. Sorry. I my mind just wandered off there at that moment again. <laughs> I was getting confused of the Lion King not airing <laughs> because it like technically hasn't aired yet at this point. Well it will once <laughs> it will this episode comes once out. this episode is out, yes. And that like just completely drove me up drew me off. That's I was the like, power of recording ahead. I know. I was like <laughs> ready to call you out for spoiling stuff, but you're not actually spoiling stuff. So <laughs> that was on me. Uh, yes, I do agree that the A team, B team thing could have been a thing here. But I don't think it was. Like, I wouldn't say, because, like, remember how we had said, like, the supposed B team was the one that was working on. Aladdin? Was it Aladdin? No, it was Lion King. Was it? Yeah, so it was our last episode. Yeah, but we said that the the B team worked on the better looking movie. Which was the Lion King and then it was Lion King or Pocahontas. Maybe it was, yes. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah. So this was supposed to be their A team, so why would their the visuals be not as good here as what well? like maybe they just underestimated the power of the B team. <laughs> maybe. Maybe the B team is really the A team and they just got it all wrong. Mm-hmm. Before we get ourselves even more confused and more I don't know. Do you have anything else that you want to add about the visuals? No, or? no, that's all. That's all. All right, so let's move on to atmosphere. Uh, I have a 94 for my atmosphere. I have mine sitting at a 90. This was definitely the standout point in the movie. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I should say the songs were. The songs definitely were. The songs were incredible. They're all great music. The voice acting itself wasn't anything bad. But compared it wasn't bad, to, but it wasn't anything spectacular. Yeah, compared to the previous stuff that we've had, it wasn't like anything special. I, I mean, there say. were a couple like superstars, like Batman. But did he do much to <laughs> this no, before he is even a, a real name? Christian, this was one of his first major roles as like an adult with uh, Christian Bale. We had, I mean. All the characters themselves, I feel, just were basic voicing. They didn't really do too much to make them stick out, except for, like, Governor Radcliffe did did a good job with his mm-hmm. character. Uh, Grandmother Willow did a, did a good job. Grandmother Willow was really good, too. And then that's really, like, the best voice act. The singers were wonderful. Yeah. That's but that again that ties into That's the songs. It. Yeah, the songs were all incredible here, which is why, like I said, I was gonna have probably my atmosphere around the same for the like this whole set of movies 
and like it, again, ninety four is still really high. Yeah, and that's honestly for the most part coming from these songs because the songs tied into this movie so well. I feel as like oh yeah, big time. Like they tied in with the story, and some even showed like who this character is, like what they're about. Yes, uh, I know we we just got. We got just around the river bend right after the scene, but I would have loved to seen a full song from Pocahontas' dad, like when mm-hmm. he was singing that song. It was like a small song that he had right before just around the river bend when he was explaining to her. That was like the beginning of just around the river bend. Yeah, it was like the intro, technically mm-hmm. just around the river. I was like, dang, that should have been a, a full song. That was great. Or maybe Kokoom could have had his own song too to give him more like character that time. Definitely would have given a little more reason to care about him if he would have had his his own song in there. Like That's what it. if he led the song Savages instead? Yeah, well, was he not well he was already dead at that point. He was already dead. So Well, like maybe we had that part that song happen first. Yeah, but the whole build up to the war. Like the war point at that was his death. So yeah, but I mean, I'm sure they could have found <laughs> something else to do, and then have him and Savages singing, and then he dies in the war or something. I don't know, <laughs> or just not die altogether. <laughs> I think they could have had a song with him earlier in the movie, and it would have made. Yeah, that would have worked but... too about like them coming back from war or something. Yeah, but then you had that song. You said it was called Mine, Mine, Mine. Which yeah, it's just, called Mine, Mine, Mine. I, I have it written down in my notes as the song about mining. So it's, it is kind of hilarious that so, it's called yeah. Mine, Mine, Mine. But like that song just kept getting bigger and bigger like as it was going mm-hmm. on. And just it, grander and grander. It started off as like this small little number. Well, not a small little number, but just like a basic song and then by the time it was done it was this full blown out performance just, just grandioso right there at the end and i really enjoyed the way that song built mm-hmm. and grew and i'm obviously colors of the wind and just around the river and there are two more Those are like staples classic songs that mm-hmm. everyone knows in the disney soundtracks and again they they played such a pivotal role in this in the movie itself just around the river bend was was going on about her making her the right choices and then colors of the wind was her pointing I out do. to to, to john, john smith, smith about you know the beauty of nature basically well yes the beauty of nature but also uh that like they're they shouldn't be fighting it also like played a major part in like they shouldn't be fighting just because they're different as well. Yeah. And it was a great setup for him, like realizing that he shouldn't be calling them savages and he shouldn't be like, they're not necessarily enemies just because they're different. And then the savages song at the end was also just incredible. That's the song I've had stuck in my head this whole time from this movie. They're savages. You know, for for a song that's so like technically like horrible and like subject matter and like what's being sung, it's oh, it's such a good song, and it's like 
So I did have another fun fact for this, but I didn't want to necessarily go through too much, so I was saving it for this. But they had to change Savages because originally it was a bit too racist. It's crazy because it's already like such a like a threatening type song, and it's like mm-hmm. they're they're saying so much in it. So it's kind of crazy that they had to change it because it was worse originally. When like the whole beginning part is just him singing about how how much they're savages and stuff like that, mm-hmm. and it's like, and you have. That, that new song in the credits as well, which was not in the movie, which was kind of weird. To yeah, write. I meant to write that down, but I guess I didn't. The past previous movies, it's just in the pop version of like a song that was in the movie. And then this mm-hmm. one was a pop song. Like it, it was definitely just more a contemporary in the movie or that they just threw in there. Yeah, it was. It was, it was, it was a good song. But... It was. I don't remember the title of it. But it was supposed to be the love theme. Okay. Is what it said in the credits. It's interesting. It was very interesting to hear like a song like performed like in that manner, but it wasn't a song from the movie, because like I said mm-hmm. previously, that was that's been reserved for the main theme of the movie. Like The Lion King, it was the circle of life, and then Beauty and the Beast, it was the Beauty and the Beast song. And Aladdin, it was a whole new world. So you would think they would have did like, I guess, Colors of the Wind would probably be the, the song that they would choose for. Oh, you know what? I just remembered the name of the song because yeah. I forgot I had a fun fact about it that I wasn't going to say yet. But the song, If I Never Knew You, was originally scrapped for being too boring. It was only later inserted back into the film for the 10th anniversary DVD release. Got to what it was actually like it was in the movie it's like it was reinserted into the movie itself or just reinserted in the credits i'm gonna guess it was reinserted into the credits but they maybe originally had it in the movie i mean it was a good song i would oh yeah it would have been interesting to hear that it's funny because like i've started going into the extras on disney plus now and they have a lot of like deleted scenes and things like that Mm-hmm. And there was a deleted song that they have in the extras here, which was John Smith and Pocahontas trying to like meet up with each other without getting in trouble. And that was a good song too. That was cut from the movie. Mm-hmm. And like, there's been all these like good songs that have been getting cut from new movies. And it it's crazy to see, like we mentioned it a lot during last week with part of your boy being cut from Aladdin and like this one had this song if you look into the extras you'll find some deleted scenes and stuff yeah and it's it's always interesting to see also i feel like an idiot now because last week we kept going on about like the what was the song uh the street rat riffraff thing that was a couple weeks ago was it? Uh, yes, a couple. It was a couple weeks ago. Quote unquote, a couple weeks ago. <laughs> we kept going in that and calling it a reprise, and it's. I've just recently found out it's pronounced reprise. <laughs> See, even I didn't know that. <laughs> so, like, and I've said this many times. Like, you know, throughout... I might be a music guy, but I'm. <laughs> that's more of also a theater term. Yeah. 
but yeah, we've been, I've been saying this term like constantly throughout the podcast and I just learned out I've been pronouncing it wrong the whole time. So now I like sound like an idiot or like people might not even know what we were talking about when we kept saying it all the time. Or maybe other people just didn't know and only like hopefully you hardcore. I mean, it's not a common like term like, yeah. I have a strong it out there all the time because like I knew that that was the term for it, but I would assume not everyone who's like as invested in theater or music and stuff like that wouldn't know it. But yeah, it's actually pronounced reprise and not reprise. Well, the more you know. So for anyone that knew the term and was just confused as to what I was saying, I apologize. I am corrected and will be corrected from here on out when I used the term, but again, just want to correct myself here. With that, anything else you want to add about atmosphere here? No, I think that's it. Okay, you go for it. What do you have for entertainment? My entertainment, I have that at a 90. I have a 95 here. So as much as, you know, it is a good movie and all that, there are times where I don't want to say I was bored, but there were plenty of times I got distracted by other things. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I, f- I would feel like, I, like I said, for a movie that doesn't seemingly have a lot going on, I found myself very invested in what was being presented. I mean, I still found it enjoyable. That's why I have it at that high yeah. score of 90. I mean, still. yes, 90 is definitely a still high score, and 95 is obviously a really high score. But that's what I'm saying. It's like it, it is very strange that for a movie that we, we feel doesn't have a lot going on for it, it's still able to, to hook you in and pull you in so much and like make it so entertaining. Uh, obviously, the, the music here has a great, a big part of that, mm-hmm. I feel. And again, like we didn't mention this just then when we had atmosphere going but they like again they did another great job with the orchestrations as well oh yeah definitely same thing that they've been doing for all the previous movies where they're breaking off the songs and reusing them in different spots of the movie as well and that really adds to to what's going on on screen and the music is such a great part of this movie and like i said the way it ties into the story itself of the like what's happening with the story there's a lot of cool visuals in it. Like we said, not the greatest overall design of visuals, but there's still a lot of cool looking stuff that they have going on in this movie. Yeah. That it, makes it again. It was a very pretty movie. It, it still had enjoyable moments, even if I got distracted <laughs> at times, um, but still good overall. Yeah. Um, do you have any other thoughts that you want to add or? <laughs> No, I think we're ready to give our overall. All right. Uh, I have an 88.4 for my score. Uh, I have an 86.2. Okay. Still a very high score. Uh, Mm -hmm. I believe this is now in third place for me right now, currently. Um, I honestly have not checked to see what place this is in for me. That's all right. But doing a quick skim... It's somewhere within the top five for me, it looks like. Again, it's still a very enjoyable movie. Still a lot of fun stuff going on with it. 
it's again, like I said, it's just, it's this weird phenomenon. Is that phenomena? Phenomenon. Phenomena. Phenomena. Phenomenon. No, there's not an M. It's an N. Oh, wait, we're not on the Muppet movie yet. I'm sorry. I can't wait to get to that. It's the same that we we have to wait so many phases to get to the Muppet. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, it's just a strange thing that, like, again, such a seemingly basic movie still manages to capture your heart and captures all these emotions out of you still. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, this was still a good movie. And I know the next one's going to be good, too. Uh, yes. We will be getting next week to The Hunchback of Notre Dame. The one that you claimed you think when we first started this. Yes, I said it would probably be my number one movie. I said if it's not Beauty and the Beast, Hunchback will finally take over as my number one movie. Uh, I'm going to keep my mouth shut because I've already watched it. And like there's spoilers going on for... For what's going to happen next week. Don't spoil. I will not spoil. I said I will keep my match up. But yes, this is going to be the test. The biggest test of like... I honestly do not think that I'm going to find another movie in this series that will compete with my number one choice. Like with Hunchback or Beauty and the Beast like being number one. Again, I could be surprised. We had Oliver and company like really... Blow us out of the water. Blow us out of the water. But, like, I don't think we're going to have another. That's possible. So I, mm-hmm. I will be very interested to see, like, see if there is another contender against this movie. But as of right now, I feel like this is the only movie that stands a chance of taking away number one from Beauty and the Beast. And I, I mean, that's very, very fair. I remember too. this being, like, an amazing movie. And I remember the soundtrack. The music's very good. The soundtrack is incredible. But we'll save all that for next week. (laughs) Yes. So until next time, may all your dreams come true. Bye.